a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. It's Short Fuse. Um, hope you are well. Hello, podcasters. Hope you're well. Uh, first of all, a shout out today to Johnny. <laughs> now, he doesn't have many days left to take his holiday. So he's decided to take a day off today for, I think, one of the most lame reasons. Although the ladies here think it's very romantic, particularly pre things. He's taking a day off, haven't you, Jonas, to write Elena's dissertation up. What do you think of that? Freddie, your view? It's all right. No, it's not all right. It's pants. Freddie would do that too. No, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. Would you would? Well, you'd help Nursey with a... a lovely human being. Well, you'd help her with a thermometer, would you? Oh, I need help with it. Why have you taken the day off, Johnny, to do that? In fact, he hasn't even written it. He's just reading it. Poor. That's my view. Only soft-hearted pre thinks it's a good idea. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Letter of the week, and we have moved on to... A. Uh, anyway, uh, we've got lots to talk to you about because it's been a very, very busy week with a lot of policy stuff. So let's get on with it. Our top story this week. And this is one that's very close to our hearts as we run a small business. And this is all about small and micro businesses. So we're a micro business. Micro business is less than sort of 20 people. Um, they continue to pay more for energy than larger companies. Now that is a shocker. But it's not really, is it? Because that's really what's happening with everything when it comes to smaller business versus larger business. Larger business has the power, it can employ people, it can get accountants, it can do all of that, so it pays less tax. Look at the whole Facebook stuff and Amazon stuff that's going on. Large companies pay far less tax, and it appears large companies pay far less for their energy. So Ofgem has found that small businesses, on, on average, for their electricity are paying 35% more. Think about that, a third more, yeah, in the first quarter of this year. They've seen and they've noticed that obviously the big difference is, as I just said, large businesses have the scale to do deals. Suppliers want to do deal with, deals with them, they have brokers, they have their own energy managers, so they can negotiate really far more decent deals than a small business can. And also, many of small businesses walk into what they call deemed contracts. So this is quite interesting, which is probably what we've had here as well. You move in and you start using energy without a contract because it's either your landlord or you're just in a place that's got that. You're then stuck on some contract you have no idea, you can't change, you don't know what the, the, the changes are, and you find that you're being stung for prices. Our example is a very common one. We are in a mixed office. We've got um, neighbours, small businesses just like us, upstairs and to the side, and we all pay a share of the electricity. But we have no say over that. We now have no say about whether we want uh, smart meters. I'll talk about that later. We have uh, no say about which supplier we want or tariff because it's all centrally done by our landlord. And we pay whatever we're told to pay. Small businesses are increasingly, when they're in control, unlike us, switching. But this finds that they're still paying far more. So where does this leave us? This leaves us with the absolute situation that is so commonplace. Although for a small business, the figures will be small, okay? You're not going to be paying hundreds of thousands or millions on energy, of course not. But as a percentage of your revenue, energy can still be a very big thing. 
You know, we've got a famous chip shop around the corner. The guys all love it, right? You think about how much energy that small family-run chip shop uses for all the fryers and the fridges and all of that sort of stuff. You've got loads of little businesses all up and down the country that really are getting on with running their business, but they're getting a worse deal than you and I would as a member of the public, and certainly uh, what a large business does. So I think this needs to be addressed. I think uh, Bez should be doing something, Ofgem for sure, and also if you look at it, why isn't the FSB campaigning on this sort of stuff? Because it's not fair that the smallest uh, companies, the ones that employ the most people, and don't forget that small businesses employ more people than anyone else in this country, and that's the staggering fact. Most of us are working for small companies if we're working in, a, in the private sector. And yet they're being stung in this way, which I think is very unfair. All right, moving on. Uh, Ovo Energy has just employed this guy. So he is Adrian Letts. Now, you may not know the name, but you probably certainly know what he's done. He's come from Tesco. So he's come over from Tesco and he helped Tesco grow its e-commerce you know, online business. Um, he also, years ago, before he joined Tesco, uh, founded, co-founded a demand TV service called Blinkbox. You might remember that was around for a while. Um, he's come in as the retail CEO for Ovo Energy. And Ovo is, you know, not, not massive, but it's not uh, tiny. It's got about 850,000 customers. Um, what does this say? Well, it says what's been going on more and more in the sector, that we are now pulling in different people from different disciplines. When we started in 2010, nearly everyone that we came across was probably, dare I say, old school energy, whether they were from an engineering background, they'd come through power stations, they'd done through brokerage or whatever. Now you're getting people who are coming in from retail, people who are coming in from banking, people who are coming in from IT or uh, telecoms. It's very interesting that uh, Ova have gone to this length to recruit someone who's come from a pure retail background. What does that tell you? That tells you that we are changing. Uh, energy companies realise that they can't carry on just being the bill supplier. They've got to look at customer service. And who lives and dies on customer service? Retailers. So the appointment, I think, of Mr. Letts is an interesting uh, shift and not one that I don't think will be repeated. I think it will be repeated very, very often in the next few months and years as new people from outside the energy sector come into the sector and also the sector has to change and adapt. And our final story is one that uh, Tia and Johnny went to do uh, last week. It was the opening of this plant here. So this is Centrica's latest uh, gas plant. It's a fast response plant, 50 megawatts, going up very quickly. There you go. Um, and this is near Brig, which is not far from Scunthorpe. Um, so what this site is, is basically it is a gas plant. Now, you may say, why on earth is Centrica building a gas plant? When we all know every energy supplier is saying, we're all going to move to green, whatever. Well, this is a fast response plant. And what this is about is helping the grid balance by bringing on energy when it's needed. So uh, we spoke to one of the engineers who was involved in the construction, and this is part of the reason why uh, this plant was uh, built. Have a listen to this. 
This one here is, uh, has two benefits. The first is it's much more efficient, so it's twice as efficient as the, the original station, and also it's very fast starting. It can start in under two minutes, and that's very important in the new energy system. We need that uh, ability to cover the peaks within a very short time. And why is flexibility becoming more important? So we're seeing more and more renewables on the grid. Uh, with, we're seeing build out of solar, of, of wind, um, and with that, there's more intermittency and you need backup flexible generation to be able to cover that, to enable all of that renewables to, to come on stream. And that's very interesting, isn't it? Two minutes, that's all it'll take for that power station to come online. So they maintain it at um, 60 degrees, is that right? Yeah. So yeah, 60 degrees. So it's all ready to go and it doesn't run all the time. And that's, you know, as you heard there, it's just designed to just fill in the gap. Now, it's part of a big investment, £180 million pounds that uh, Centrica is doing in that region with various plants. And it's all about balance. If you look at what's happened over the last two to three years, we have shut down so much of our generating assets. So coal pretty much is dead. We've also got rid of a lot of our storage assets, such as gas. So huge gas storage plants have all gone. And I think that this um, plant here up near Brig is part of the future because whatever we may think about how great renewables are we still have not cracked the whole problem of supply when we need it and until we get more battery storage where we can store the energy we're still looking at a system where we'll have excess energy at one time and then a paucity of energy after that. These sort of plants are the right thing to do they're the right thing to build gas is a far better fuel than coal Excuse me. And also, I think for many people, the idea of being able to have power put on when you want it for businesses is a real great uh, element of security. So we should be building more plants like this one. We should be having much more of this fast reaction stuff. And also, it is an enabler. I do agree that it's an enabler for renewables because you don't need these assets just sitting there. The big difference between this plant and what we've traditionally had is we've had huge power stations just sitting there, just churning away. You know, many of them taking several hours to come up to speed. So if you have several hours to come up to speed, then they must really use a lot of energy to do it, and then it's yeah, not cost effective to have them running all the time. This one is much more faster, more responsive, and this is what we need to plug in our security of supply and balancing gap because as we have more and more renewables, I'm sure we'll get a need for these plants to be there just in case when the power's not there. So I think this is a good thing and uh, well done for Centrica uh, for building something like that. Okay, what are your thoughts on those uh, stories so far? Let us know. If you're listening on the podcast, you can always get in touch. You can use fuse at energylivenews.com or you can use the hashtag shortfuse on Twitter. Let's move on to this week's Viewpoint. So, this week's Viewpoint is all about me. <laughs> of course it is. It's all about smart meters. So on Monday, I'm going to tell you a story before we show uh, the, the smart... Well, actually, you can show a few smart meters. There you go. You know what these are. Smart meters, if you don't know what they are, they're basically a new way of us not having to have any more estimated bills. They're smarter, so they have little chips in them. They read how much power you're doing, relay it straight back 
to the energy companies. And it's all part of a great thing about how great technology will be. The government wants us to all have them by 2020. You heard that right. So in just over a year and three months time, we should all have them. Let's get into this story. On Monday, I have my smart meter installation. I'm with Scottish Power. And the engineer comes and knocks on the door, lovely chap, and he comes along and he says to me, oh, hi, I'm your engineer. I said, oh, where are you from? He says, Glasgow. I said, you're from Glasgow? All right, how long have you been living here? He goes, no, no, I'm from Glasgow. I've come down for the day. I said, what? He said, yeah, I've flown in, and I'm going to be here for three, four days uh, fitting smart meters. I was like, wow, you've come all the way from Glasgow just to fit my smart meter. I said, why? He said, oh, we just don't have enough people down here. Point number one. Interesting. So he then starts to go through and uh, tell me what's going to happen. And if you've had a smart ins meter installation, it's pretty weird. What they have to do is they have to uh, take out your old uh, meter, which is generally before uh, your fuse box, and they have to put in the new one. And it means all power goes, obviously. But also, when they put it back on, you sometimes get a surge of power. So what he said to me is, can you go around and unplug all your devices? So all your phones, your laptops, fridge, all of that, just turn it all off. Fair enough. So I go around doing this, and then I get a Yelp. Oh, well, I couldn't do a Scottish one, but it was, like, oh, it was like that. Anyway, so I said, what's up? He says, got a problem here. So um, I live in a flat. Now, let's show some pictures of flats, because we've got this. Most people. Okay, unless you're super rich, kind of live in either flats, which are maisonettes, or purpose-built, or houses of multiple occupancy, right? And I live in a flat. I live in a downstairs flat. And what has happened is that my power supply comes in, the live. It then goes into my meter, but it spurs off and goes upstairs into my neighbor's meter. And there's a fuse just before. So the engineer says to me, I can't change a meter unless your neighbour's in. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if I now disconnect this fuse, it'll blow the whole system upstairs as well, and hopefully all he'll get was a power going out, but when I put it back on, he could get that surge. Well, I said, well, he's gone to work, so he's not there. But I know him, shall I ring him and get permission? He said, no, that doesn't work, because I need to make sure he's actually unplugged his devices too. So, all of that, I've been waiting for mm, about three weeks for this installation. He comes along all the way from Glasgow, and he can't do anything. I can't do anything, so he just buggers off. So it got me thinking, now how many times has this happened to people? That you have now got a situation, and, and, and one thing I forgot to add, his solution. I said, well, what can I do? He said, I'm afraid the only thing you can do is try and arrange with your neighbour to be in the time that you book an appointment, which means probably trying to book it on a weekend. Now, my neighbour does a sort of Monday to Thursday, his family lives up north, so what? he's going to go at the weekends, right? So I've now got to find a time when both he and I are in and get an appointment for this to happen. Frankly, it ain't going to happen, let's be honest. How many people do you think this is happening to right now? How many properties are there where we now have to get our neighbours to be in and unplug all their devices for us to get our smart meter. It made me wonder. It made me think. It made me go and ask a few questions. So I asked Smart uh, Energy GB. 
And they, if you don't know who they are, they're the group that is all about how great smart meters are. They're the ones who are putting out all the adverts, telling you, go and get one, Whoa, they're brilliant, look at that. Little funny little animations of people and whatever, and smart meters do everything and make you a cup of tea. And so I said to them, hey, what about this problem? What about this thing about you know properties? And, and their response was brilliant. Um, they responded by saying, our job is to promote smart meter rollout. This is really an inquiry for Bess or your supplier. Oh, okay, so it's all good telling everyone how great smart meters are, but you can't tell us when things are cocked up. Let's park that one. Okay, so then I go to Bez. So I go to uh, the uh, Bez, you know, if you know that, was DEC, has now become Bez, Business, Energy, Industrial Strategy. Anyway, the energy department is such for us. And I say to them, oh, this is what my story is, this is what happened. First thing that annoyed the hell out of me is this press officer who, God knows what they're like these days, couldn't take it in into his small pea-brain brain. He said, can you put it in an email, please? Classic millennial pants. Okay, so I emailed. So I asked the questions. Uh, how are we ever going to get to a 2020 target of rollouts? What's going to happen when people have this situation? What are the mitigating services? What have you got? Massive detailed stuff. I get a response that says, Bez is committed to smart meter rollouts. It'll all happen by 2020. Uh, 400,000 meters have already been placed every month, and we're confident everyone who wants one will get one. That smells like something, doesn't it? Utter pants once again. No one answering my question. So finally I went to my supplier. I went to Scottish Power. And this time I did get a response. And I got a decent response. And they said that they've actually done very well with their installations. They've done about a million, uh, mainly up in, in Scotland, to be fair. But obviously they've got customers all over the country. Answering my point about how come my engineer came all the way down from, from Scotland, they said that we have engineers working across the country and sometimes we have to move people around so I think it's expensive but it did explain that and then when it came to this they actually said yes we have issues we have issues with houses that are either split multiple occupancy or you know there's various different ways meters can be installed and this is proving a challenge for us but we're committed to trying to get around it where does this all leave me well, definitely no faith in smart energy GB, because frankly, you're just cheering and you don't want to talk about anything that goes wrong. Definitely no faith in what, what was, what's best thinking? How can you even expect to get to a target of everyone who wants one? That is a good cop out, isn't it? Everyone who wants one should get one by 2020. A few weeks ago, we ran a story with um, Citizens Advice, wasn't it, Prue? Yeah. yeah, Citizens Advice saying, the rollout has got to be delayed by another three years. It's never going to happen. And that's the real truth. I can't see this happening. I don't think smart meters are a terrible thing. I think they're all right. I was, I was, I was happy to get one. Will they make a real difference to us? Probably not, but it's the way we're going. But we've got to face facts. Yes, all new buildings can be built with smart meters. That's fine. But 95% of the housing stock in this country is the sort of stuff that places like I live in. Okay, so these are all places that had electricity put in maybe 120, 100 years ago, maybe 50, 40 years ago. No one's thought about where power meters would go and where, where fuses would go. So you've got a situation where we're going to have all of this expense. Think how much it costs for that engineer to come out. Waste of time. My waste of time as well. Yeah, you're going to have all of this going on. And I think 
<clears throat> we've thought this out very, very badly. Until we get a bit of technology that really works, that we can perhaps just plug into a plug socket and it's easy and it doesn't matter and it doesn't have to have anything to do with your neighbour, especially if you live in a city like London and bloody other places. No one even bloody knows their neighbour. So, you know, the thought of going around and asking them, could you unplug everything? Imagine he's in the middle of like playing something on his Xbox and he's like, hello mate, can you unplug that because I'm having my smart meter done. I think it's a mad idea. I think that the smart meter rollout is um, absolutely going to be a uh, dog's dinner. In fact, it's not just a dog's dinner, it's a dog's feast. And um, I don't think that they've thought it through anywhere near enough. And the burden, although suppliers can get a blame for a lot of things, I think the burden unfairly falls on them. So there's my point of view on that one. What's yours? Let me know. And we're moving on to the banter box. What did you think about my smart meter rant? Is your rant over? It's never over. <laughs> I've been in a very punchy mood lately, haven't I, Freddie? By the way, for those of you who want to find out more, there's an editorial there is. on our website so you can read more about this. Absolutely. Assume it's rant. No, but it's a fair point, month. isn't it? Have no, you had a smart meter? No, and the reason why I haven't yes. had it, I've had loads of people contact me, yep. suppliers contact me saying, we, we, you need to install a smart meter. You need to, yes. And I said, Allegedly. no, I don't need to, ah. because it's not compulsory. Too right. And although I would want one, the reason why I haven't got it is because um, there's an issue with the first generation smart meters. Is your oh, microphone sorry, actually there? <laughs> you can oh, hear me. can hear me. Sorry. I mean, this is you know what? Just give me that. Right, okay, go on then. Because I like to use my hands, yeah, so right. I'd rather have the little one. Yeah, all right, yeah, fine. And, that, and the issue is? Okay, so the issue is the first generation smart meters don't work when you if you switch suppliers. Correct. Um, so I, at that point of um, when I spoke to the company, uh, whoever called me, I'm not going to name names like some did. No, I don't care. Name them. I said um, I would only possibly think about getting one after I switched suppliers. So I was with a big six company. I've moved to a smaller supplier. And I knew that once I moved to the smaller supplier, I wouldn't, the smart meter functionality would be wouldn't pointless. work. Exactly. So. so there is another example of how this is pants. Yes, but the government recently announced. It's pants, isn't it? um, That's a pants. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But the government it's recently announced, if you followed our story, um, that the first generation smart meters uh, installation will end this year. Yeah, well, so I can't even get it installed. <laughs> so so that from next year, you'll get the new second generation uh, smart meters. It, it doesn't get over the point which, of what my, yeah, you know, my is problem true. is one yeah. that's very common. So you know, I mean, you're, you're lucky enough, you've got a house, so you've got your own power supply coming yeah, in. Yeah, so I guess in a way, it's not fair to kind of push supplies, always telling supplies, oh, yeah. actually, why aren't you meeting the deadline? Because if they can't get into a property to fix... And if you now need your neighbours to also be in, that's yeah, bonkers. That crazy. So, yes, there you go. Anyway, let's yeah, move on. Rant over. Rant we'll over. move on to stories. Move on to your <laughs> stories. Go on, then. Um, OK, first up, I've got a story on EVs and grants for um, electric vehicles and hybrids. Yes, let's we've see. Got so we've got some footage. So, Tia's going to make us small now, aren't vehicles. you, Tia? Yeah. Go on, do it now. Do it, Tia. Do it. I'm, I'm to lean because the pictures are like, oh. yeah. There we go. Ooh. That Lovely. Right, okay, so. so grants for EVs and hybrids. Explain these grants, because right, these have so been around since I'm going to have to look ago. at my notes because I want to get the facts right. Go on then. So, uh, Are you listening, Johnny? The discount for electric vehicles have been reduced by a £1,000. Yep. 
Um, so that means it's going to reduce from 4,500 pounds to 3,500 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come into effect on the 9th of November, so just under a month. Uh, some of the plug-in hybrid models will also be disqualified. Um, and the plug -in, these plug-in grants that are available for cars and vans, but this is only for the cars. These, these yeah. um, new rules doesn't apply to vans. So the plug-in grants are based on the carbon emissions and the zero emission range, so how far it can travel. Um, I'm not going to read all the details on our website, but um, I would say that although I said it's the 9th of November, uh, the Department for Transport said that if sales for EVs and hybrids are higher than expected, and this is over the coming three weeks or so, um, the rates would be reduced earlier than the date they've mentioned, which, I mean, how soon would they do it? Would that be in the next week? Would that be in the next yeah, we two don't weeks? Know. But let's think about this. So uh, mm. I think the, the first grant was 5,000, wasn't it, when it first came out? Yeah. And then it went down, and now it's going down again. What does that tell you? It tells you that actually... Electric vehicles what? are becoming more popular, aren't Yeah, they? they are saying that because gr this grant scheme has become popular, yeah. people are taking on more, buying more electric cars, switching to greener ones uh, and plug-in hybrids. So that's the reason for uh, cutting the subsidies. For I the think price. this is a, but, a right thing to do. No, I don't think. I think it's too what? soon. Why? It's too soon because Hang I don't think the momentum... Yeah. For, I mean, there are businesses who are um, converting their fleets to electric vehicles, but for an average person, I don't think we've got to that point like we did with maybe solar panels, arguably, um, that you can cut the subsidies now already and, and, and totally disqualify them for plug-in hybrids. I think for it's the certain, right thing to do. For certain, several plug-in hybrids. No, because if you think about it, the, the, the feed-in tariff, which we had mm. for solar, Mm. gave people loads of money, which was paid yeah. for by us. Let's not forget that. And yes, it stimulated the market. And then there was a point where it said, the market's reached a point, you now don't get the help. And yeah. I think this is the same thing. First of all, electric cars are flipping expensive. Yeah. So they're generally driven by wealthy people. Mm. Yeah? Middle class bods that live around here and drive massive... And you said you were going to get an electric No, I couldn't, car. I couldn't afford it. So I got a diesel. <laughs> anyway, uh, but if you're that rich to get one... Why the hell do you need to be subsidised? Yes, for the rich, I understand your point. But what I mean is if, if you want to... <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to apply it to the mass... Yeah. Is, is, cutting it now, I think, is not going to encourage no, someone I think like you be or someone like me No, to I think it'll be market to... prices, won't it? Because eventually an electric car will cost you the same... Yes, eventually. ...as, as, as a diesel Eventually, or car. but I don't know how many years is that going to take. Maybe a couple of years, maybe a decade. But isn't that up to the manufacturers and the markets? Y yeah, that is, but... Um, this is your money, it's my money. It's going into this grant, so yeah. I've changed my mind. It's a good thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, but what the car manufacturer, uh, car groups have also right. said is that it is a major blow because the government has set a target for um, banning the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by, by 2040. 2040. Yeah. And if we were to reach that target, um, you can't get rid of these grants as quickly. Yeah, of course they're saying they that because they'll help them sell it. Mm. I, yeah. I think that one I take with a pinch. I guess of, I'm, I mean that is you, you would expect them to say that anyway. So right. we'll agree to disagree. But, yes. Okay. Next one. Right. Moving on. Um, National Grid. So, hey. uh, if you missed it yesterday, we published a story on the winter outlook. Their winter outlook. Win God. Go on, winter try again. outlook report. Well done. Winter outlook report. Which is what? 
which is basically the outlook for this winter in terms of <laughs> gas demand and power demand and supply. Okay. Simply <laughs> put, do we have enough power? power. Do That's we have enough is. power and gas yeah. to meet demand for this winter? And the answer is? And the answer is yes. Uh, uh, oh, it is not. Oh, it's just... it, was, it wasn't yes earlier this year. No. Um, when so the beast what, from the east So came what in. National Grid has said is uh, we have enough supply right. to meet demand. Um, although this follows on from a gas deficit warning it issued, I think it was yes. in March earlier this year. After the old beast. The beast from the east. I mm -hmm. mean, I've heard this term so many times. I'm just just goes over my head now. Um, beast from the east. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was the first time in eight years uh, that National Grid issued this warning. But now it says that because of this, uh, following this warning, it took on more um, gas. Yeah. Into the brought more gas into the market. Uh, which means that it's got enough supply um, and what they call the derated margin yeah the is margin is how the much they reckon they've available got available yes. generation they've got to meet the demand is 7.1 gigawatts which is um, an increase from what it had last year yeah okay um, and because of gas prices increasing um, it expects to use more of the coal generation where's it got this gas i assume these are all imports are they mainly um, they haven't specified where from, but I, we know that in the UK, a lot yeah. of it is EU imports. So, yes, that would be... God, what, God knows what will happen next March then. Anyway, <laughs> and finally... Yeah, for that, you come along to Energy Lab Expo to yeah. find out. See, she's, We've she's got the very Energy good. Minister, Claire Perry. Why, tell why you, you just, all about you can do the whole bit with me yeah. in a minute. Okay, next <laughs> um, bit. Okay, moving on. Finally, this I thought was so interesting. This means it's not interesting at all. It, it is, is says see? Tia. Tia agrees with me. Thank you, Tia. Um, so Freddie doesn't. Scottish Island. Yes. Have you read this, Freddie? Did you see no. this? Oh, did you know? Freddie I doesn't you read anything. This morning. Freddie can't no, read. Freddie tweets the stories. I thought you tweeted it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, but you didn't read <laughs> it. You didn't read it. <laughs> oh. Says it all. You didn't read the headline. Oh, so read the headline. Or the first oh, line. Got it. Anyway, just get anyway, on with it. Anyway, okay, so a Scottish Island, it's called Fair Isle. Fair Isle. Fair Isle. Fair Isle. I'm very bad with... There you accents, go, look. So I'm not even going ah, to hey, it's look very beautiful. beautiful. And guess how many people live there? Little birds. Have a guess. There. Seven. No, oh, well, a little bit more. Have a guess, Freddie. 250. No. Tia? Oh, you read it already. You probably know. Tia knows. Okay, so I'll, t I'll say it. 55 people live, oh. live on this island. Um, Bet they know about their, each other when they're in for a smart meter change. <laughs> I doubt they'll be getting smart meters anytime soon because, because they've only received power for 24 hours for the first time ever today. No Can way. Can you believe that? I That's a round of applause. That. Like, come on, Freddie, yeah, you've got to do come it. On. <laughs> for a fair aisle. Well fair done. Aisle. This is crazy. When Hang I on. They, they've never, what have they had then? Just oil generators or no, something? No, so between, so they've only had access to electricity between 7.30 in the morning and 11.30 at night, which means obviously at night they probably just go to bed. Yeah. But they haven't had electricity since between 11.30 at night and 7.30 in the morning, which is crazy for a place in, in the UK. Unbelievable. How can like, you get onto Netflix in the <laughs> middle of the night? Tears nodding. <laughs> how do you go to the loo? How do you, what do you mean how do you go to the loo? You just go to the loo. They're no, I mean, flush. you need to use like a torch or, a, I don't know, a candle. <laughs> I mean, this is good. something you would expect in Maybe they just go outside. Country. It's great. It's good weather. I mean, they could go it's anywhere, clean. but... I, this the is wind just bonkers. I think this story. I mean, I couldn't believe when I was writing this story. We need to go and talk to people in Fair Isle. You need to I, find someone. I would someone. love to go. Now there, that we know they've got power, let's get them on Skype. Next, <laughs> yeah, and that get is them true. On next week. No, but the thing is, I was trying to find 
the website of the company. So the um, the yeah. energy company who installed, I'll talk about a bit more about what they installed. Um, it's called Fair Isle Electricity Company, and I typed them typed it in Google to find their website yeah. to find, see if they had any footage. And there's no website for the yeah, they the haven't got the power company. to put it on. That's why. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, right, so, so the reason, it's like really, really at the top of um, somewhere in like a really remote island, like above, even above. Shetland. Sh yeah, the Shetland. No, no, it's between, actually, it's between Orkney and the Shetlands. Oh, okay, fine. In between. Beautiful part of the world, by the way. Um, yeah, I haven't been there. been there. So hopefully we can actually go and film that. I would actually love to do She'd this love film. to stay in Fair Isle. Um, so if you're from Fair Isle yeah. and you're listening, invite Pre. Yes. I would love to come around that, excellent, with my excellent. camera. Well, that's um, bad. No, but do you not think it's crazy for somewhere yes, in the please. UK? I do. Like, I still don't believe this story. <laughs> I think we, we can um, work out your shock. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason that they're going to have uh, power 24 hours a day, every day, is because of a 3.5 million project, uh, mm. partly funded by the Scottish government. Um, and they've installed a battery storage, Aha. Uh, wind, wind turbines and solar panels. There you go. So that's, I mean... Uh, Fair Isle is super green. You, th this has really shocked you, hasn't it? Yeah, so Fair Isle, anyone in Fair Isle, if you're watching, please invite us over for, to film or from the we Fair Isle put, What we need company. to do is tweet Fair Isle. Is there a Fair Isle government? There must be. There must be a council of Fair Isle. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen anything on, um, on Twitter yet. No, it hasn't got anything. that far. The internet has well, not arrived. Hopefully from tomorrow when they've, have, when they've okay. had the 24 hour. Excellent. Right. Well, you might as well do the diary dates. And finally, no, before we do oh, diary right. dates, we go. we've got, uh, if you've got any stories for us or you'd like us to come and film, like somewhere in Fair Isle, um, do send us an email to stories at energylivenews.com. Excellent. And we move on to diaries. Do you know what? I'm going to hang over. Right, there we go. Carry on. So first up, we've got Energy Live Expo. It's on the 31st of October. Uh, at the QE2 in London, uh, as you may or may already not know, we've got the Energy Minister Claire Perry, uh, who will be headlining, um, talking about Brexit, innovation, technologies, and everything else we mentioned today. Uh, also, we've got a panel debate uh, with the CEOs of big companies, including um, ABB. No, that's Scottish Neil Clitheroe. Okay, Neil Clitheroe from Scottish Power, yes. CEO for yes. retail. Where is Go on, the, where Martin Pimworth from, from SSE. Uh, You're doing well here. Who's next? Uh, I know, Beatrice Bijoir, Bijoir from EDF. EDF. And? And ABB. Ian Funnell Ian from, Funnell from <laughs> ABB. I knew it was This has ABB. gone really well then. Yep. So there we go. Yeah, so if you're an energy end user, you yes. can get your tickets for free. So if you haven't registered already, please do so uh, by sending an email to ticket at energylivenews.com. Or to Harry. Harry, and I can't spell his surname. Also known oh, as Harry Matthews, as yeah. he says. But Harry is, in all seriousness, if you're listening in, Harry's registering. Just go onto the website and just drop us a line and we'll get you registered. We're at about 400 nearly. Mm -hmm. So we've got room for about 30, 40 more. But... Tickets are going, so please, if you're an end user, it is free. Line up, and Pre will be running a session all on Fair Isle. Oh, am I? Okay. Why not? Yeah, we can do. Good. Maybe Excellent. get some people over from Fair Isle. That's good. Okay. Brilliant. And then, what else is happening? And we've got the most exciting time of the year, Energy Life Personality Awards. Ooh. Uh, that's on the 6th of December, and it's at the glamorous uh, boat... Called 
Oh my this God! This is going I'm really well. On the vote. Honestly, I've been on the vote. A oh, silver sturgeon. Well done, Pre. It's on the silver sturgeon. We had <laughs> we had the Telco Awards a few years ago, and it's an amazing boat. Takes you around River Thames uh, for an hour or two hours. Two hours. Two hours. You have a meal in there. Um, come Not and talk to us. You just get hammered. Oh, you get hammered. Yes. There you go. And have canapes. Canapes. Some kind of food. There is some kind some of food. Some kind of food. Yeah. And and lots of drinks. Excellent. Uh, so if and you, dancing. If you know someone who's a big personality, small personality Any size. in the energy sector. Uh, you we're, can send we're size agnostic when it comes to personality. <laughs> For free. For free. Uh, no, not the size. Um, you can send the application. I think it's is it, is it closed, Fred? <laughs> oh dear, it's oh, just no, closed today. Can't. Oh, it's closed. Oh, oh. we got the short list. Did so it? when's the short list? Oh, there you go. Oh, so if you'd like to find out if you've been nominated, come along to Expo. This is it. Let's see if you've made it. Uh, and you'll find out the shortlisted Go on, keep people. going, Pri. This uh, is good. Yes, and that is it. I think that's all the events for this week. Excellent. Uh, this this year, apart yes. from obviously Christmas. Okay. Right, do you want to carry on about anything else? How about you going to Nepal? And <laughs> I'm going to Nepal. Excellent. So if anyone watching from Nepal, oh, for God's um, sakes. do send me an email uh, for any interviews. Or any filming we can come and do. Okay. Do you want to fun. say anything in Nepalese to end with? Namaste. Yes, uh, well, that's namaste everyone uses namaste. Yeah. At least something a bit more specific in Nepalese. Um, hopefully, Tabeko weekend, Ramra Huncha. Excellent. I feel like I'm doing such a bad job. I mean, I can't she can, speak Nepal. She can't speak I it can. at all. No, I can. It's, it's, it's so, a Sumit, as a moon gareko garecha, vyan dekhi, Smart meters ko bade ma. Yes. Tarra tapala ajay tis ko bade ma information science abane te. Hamro website ma janus energylivenews.com. Anitya energy ko bade ma sapay information pounamansa. Excellent. We are going to do short views in Nepalese. <laughs> and every have a week. great weekend. Excellent. Lovely. Right. But you can stay there because we've just got our last bit, which is today is World Arthritis Day. Aww. My hands. There you go. So we did the power ride. Uh, Pre did about six and a half seconds of it, did you? Uh, no, I did, did about 60 Did you laps. do 60? No, you <laughs> didn't know. do 60 though. Freddie did about uh, 5. I think I did about 10 kilometres. No, she did a few more, Freddie, didn't you, this year? Yeah, I did about 45 laps. Yeah, 45 laps, right, because I was training. Like, I did it with one arm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it was all for a great cause, which is raising money for arthritis research, which is now called Versus Arthritis. Mm -hmm. And please give... We've had some great donation this week. Was it 1,000 came through from CNG? Yeah. So thanks to our friends at CNG. Uh, thanks to our friends at PowerDirect who raised about a grand as well. And uh, you'll see on the screen now the Just Giving uh, little Aston there with the name. So if you are listening in on podcast, Just Giving, just go Just Giving, type in Energy Live News. You'll see our page. Do help us. We're raising money throughout the year, trying to get to a £10,000 target. And we'll be doing some more fundraising late in the year. That's it. That is it. We haven't got any shout-outs, have we? Because we don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Go on, go and have a look. Let me have a what look. What about Corcoran? Anything from him? Go on, Corcoran, say something. There's got to be some bit of trout banter from him. Freddie, you can adjust the camera now. No comments. Oh. Well, do hope you are going to have a fantastic weekend. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Take it easy. We are getting ready for our expo, which will be coming up on the 31st of October. Don't miss that. It'll be a, a tremendous event. Have a lovely weekend. See you soon.